Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Train podcast series. I am Joseph Ward, and we are here with another interview this week. I want to give a big shout out to my co-host, editor, behind-the-scenes person, Mr. Patrick Irvin. What's going on, Patrick? Thank you for all the work that you put in to make this thing happen. Um, remember that we are sponsored by PAX Inc. That's P-A-C-T-S-I-N-C. PAX Inc. is a black advocacy, black think tank organization that's designed to create resources and tools to help the black community improve itself. At www.pactsinc.org. That way you can learn more about the organization, how you can access the free information. While you're online, make sure you visit our Freedom Train website at www.freedomtrainradio.com. That way you can learn more about myself, Patrick Irvin, Queen Shelby, Queen Candace, and also the Enigma Self Hour has finally returned. And it is available on Tuesdays on the Enigma Self Hour YouTube channel at 8 p.m. So make sure you check it out. And it's also available on our website and all of our streaming services, just like all of our uh, podcasts on all of the major and your favorite podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. So check out the Shelby's World podcast on YouTube, as well as subscribe to this Freedom Train Network YouTube channel, like this video, share it, make sure you comment under the comment section so all right so a couple weeks ago i'm at a meeting a tallahassee authors network meeting and shout out to the tallahassee authors network uh group of people so i'm at the meeting and one thing i love about this meeting is i'm never i never know what i'm going to learn or who i'm going to meet so at this particular meeting we're going around the room introducing ourselves and the young lady is talking about her journey as an author, her journey in life, and what she brings to the table as far as helping the community get better. So this young lady, she's an author, a writer, and a mother. She believes in encouraging, uplifting, and inspiring broken women with the word of God and her testimony. She manages an inspirational Facebook page and website titled Seal Inspiration. Her name is Sila Lott. And Sila is also a student at Florida State University. She has a Bachelor's of Art in English Literature. She's currently pursuing her PhD and hopes to inspire single mothers that they too can still fulfill their dreams and reach their goals despite emotional setbacks and life's trials. She has a website, and we're going to talk more about that, but her website is www.celalotbooks.com. And she has a book that she published, and we're going to get into that. I don't want to... Uh, talk about it now because I want to get into it later. But I want all our audience, our virtual audience, our YouTube audience, our listening audience, everybody put your hands together for Miss Cela Lot. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. So um, my first question is always the same. Um, tell tell our our audience some background information about you that I didn't cover and what inspired you to become a writer. Sure. Um, so I, some other information that, um, I didn't mention in my intro, but, um, I'm a faculty librarian at Tallahassee Community College. Um, I'm an adjunct professor as well. Um, I've got two beautiful boys, um, a proud member of Oasis Christian Center, been attending for quite some time. Um, what inspired me to be a writer? Well, it's a, it's a good question. I think I've always loved writing. I can't say that I knew I was going to be an author until Mm -hmm. um, truly until I think I met my pastor. He's kind of been a a mentor figure in my life. And I think he was the first to see the potential gift in me that I didn't even 
see in myself. Um, and my first work is is called From Broken to Beautiful. So it is a book that was based off of a true story. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, that was my very first published work. And uh, that came from a heartbreak. Right. And right. Uh, so that that work was inspired um, based off of a true experience. Um, but with the goal of of using the pain that I went through um, and the journey I was going through to help other women. Um, I studied a lot in the word at that time. Um, I, I honestly will say that was my salvation moment in Christ. I don't really think I could, I wouldn't, I knew Christ. I said I was a Christian, but I don't really think I was a Christian, like heart changed, reborn Christian until that moment of my life where I felt like I lost everything. So I wanted to share with women what I learned in the word. And that's kind of how I got right. to being a writer okay yeah. okay so what kind of conversations were you having with your pastor when he's encouraging you to become a writer so uh, my pastor is very prophetic and um i think he had prophesied over me during one of our congregational meetings about me having a book in my heart and he was mm -hmm. very much right about that because i you know this whole um wanting to kind of chronicle the journey that i went through I think that was inside of me. And there are other books, by the way, I've, I've been, um, I've got two others in my heart that, um, that I want to get out as well. And I, I feel like I'm not moving fast enough now because the Lord just keeps ticking on additional ones. Like, Oh, you were supposed to get that one out of, like last year. So the right. third one's not stopped. You still got to write that one and this one now, but, um, but it was a prophecy that he had, he had put out there and um, he had, he just confirmed what was in my heart. I think the Lord put it in my heart and he just kind of confirmed it out loud. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, that, that's great because sometimes it does take an outside force to kind of push you toward what you need to be doing. That, that happened to me as well. So, <laughs> okay. So, but you also talk about inspiring women and helping women being able to get through the tough times and helping women grow. So, when did that start along your journey as a writer? That's a great question. I think when I first received the prophecy to write the book, I first sat down at a computer and I just kind of I think the very first part of that book that came to me was actually the outline of it. Mm -hmm. And as I was coming up with all those chapters, I realized how much of it was actually encouraging and inspirational and uplifting was really the intent behind it was I, I'm a teacher also. Mm -hmm. um, so a part of me, even when I try not to, ends up just shifting into a teaching lane, right? Yeah. I'm not trying yeah. to teach anyone. I'm trying to share my story, but somehow I shift and a teacher role every single time. And I, and I do it with an intent of trying to help others. And honestly, uh -huh. that, that was such an encouragement for me through my own healing journey to know that my pain had a purpose, um, to know that I wasn't going through it for no reason that I feel like God often uses us to help each other. I, I think I'd heard um, someone once say that God uses imperfect people to perfect people. Uh -huh. Well, he used my imperfection and my flaws and my my issues to help, I think, other women. And I my mind has been blown since I did publish it. The, the women that have reached out to me, the people that I've helped, the the people that I didn't even know right around me that the book was meant for until it came out. And then right. I was just stunned about, you know, the people that it was reaching. So he works in mysterious ways, but I'm I'm thankful to be a vessel. Right. No, that that's that's great. That is great. So yeah. The process, because I always, um, especially with first-time authors, I always like to talk about the process. because and, and one of the reasons is 
to help clear up expectations or 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 thoughts or beliefs that go into what it takes to publish a book because a lot of times we go off of narratives and when you're going through the process it's totally different so from the time you had the book or, or from the time you're writing the book and you're going to the publishing process like take us through that process what were you doing and how and how did you get these goals uh, accomplished Yes. Oh my gosh, the process. Um, so the very beginning was very exciting, right? I got the confirmation about what I had in my heart to write. And I immediately sat down on the computer and I fleshed out all the chapter headings. That's kind of how I am. I'm, uh, Since I'm a teacher, I don't know if I'm just very organized in my mind with like structure. Like I know not all right. authors are that way, but that's how I, I start my books is with all these chapters. And then I'll add little like scriptures to them because I want them to be built off the word. And then I fleshed them out. Um, so that was layer one. I had all the chapter headings very pretty clearly organized from the get go. And then I had the scriptures, but then came the work of actually writing it. It was like, I felt like all the anointing just dropped off. And now I'm just like digging through the sand, <laughs> trying to build all these chapters. It was, that was the hardest part was just getting the um, content written out, even though I knew what it was supposed to be about actually fleshing out all the chapters was a work. Um, and I'd never written anything that long before. So right. normally I, you know, I've been in school. I wrote essays. I'd always reread the whole essay to fix it up, but I, just, mm -hmm. I can't really sit here and reread the entire book every time you sit down right. or you won't get anything written. So there came a lot of time of doubt and questioning of if any of this was any good. Um, mm -hmm. I couldn't even sit down and sit through my own reading my own work after a while. I'm like, Oh my God, if I can't read past page 10, surely no one will want to read this. I mean, you know, so a lot of that went in my mind. Um, nevertheless, I kept pushing. Now, I could have probably been faster, but I went through a lot of self-doubt and a lot of yeah. um, just procrastination. And so it took me, I think, four years to complete that work from beginning to end. Um, but I did push through. During the pandemic was when I really sealed the deal on finishing it. Because I right. I think I started it around 2016. And then I by the by the year 2020, I really was like, I'm going to be done with this work. Um, I'd invested in so many editors, too. I think I had at least I had two informal editors that were families, I, family mm -hmm. members and friends. And then I had two that I actually hired, actually three. But the third lady got frustrated with my slowness in responding to her that she mm -hmm. ended up just dropping off the project altogether. So it was a there was a journey along the whole entire process. Yes. And then, of course, getting it published. Right. Um, I, you could go traditional, which involves mm -hmm. like trying to apply. And if you, and I did all the research about do I need to hire a, a library or not a library or whatever they call the book scouts or whatever. Right. Um, I did all that research. I ended up going the traditional publication route. Um, and I got signed with Crosslink Publishing, which was a blessing. Um, and they they published my book in um, February 2020. They designed the cover art and they've been mm -hmm. marketing it out. And they have like 30,000 30, wholesale retail channels that wow. they published it on. I know it's been a, it's been a tremendous blessing. I had a woman from Ireland message me on Instagram oh, that she read my book and read it and was inspired. So that was the Lord. Um, but it sure was a journey. And I wouldn't have finished it if I listened to my doubt and I wouldn't have finished yes. it if I if I had if I had been as critical on myself and listened to my own because I'm very harsh on myself. You know, I'm learning that the Lord isn't as harsh as I am um, to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we're always our biggest critic. Sometimes we don't realize how much we have to get over ourselves. Yeah. So so with saying that, 
how were you able to push through the doubt? Because you, you know, you're I, I know what it's like to have that that thought in your head, like, hmm. Yes. I wonder is this gonna work? But how were you able to get over that? I okay, so I'm really working on being a woman of my word, like kind of like the Lord, when he speaks something, it comes to pass. And I mm. and I wanna be more like him, and I don't want words to go out there that I never fulfill. So if I told people I was writing a book, I, I'm the kind of woman that I wanted to be a product. Honestly, at the end of the day, I was okay with it being the worst book out there, just being able to say I was done, right? That I right. that I finished the work that the Lord had called me to do. So I think that's how I pushed past it. I just told myself, I'm just going to get it done. I'm going to stop worrying about what other people think about it, what I think about it. I'm just going to finish this, just do what the Lord said and be done with it. And that was really kind of my mindset at the time. I just wanted to have a product. I wanted to have something in my hands to show for the, the, the all that time I'd invested and to finish through the word. I said, I was, you know, I'm going to write a book. I wanted to be a woman of my word and finish what I said I was started. So it may take me time to finish, but I assure you, I'm, I'm trying to be a woman that if I say I'm going to do something, Lord willing, he keeps me on this earth. I'm going to work to get it done. So I, I think that was put what pushed me in 2020 to finish. It was just just I told myself it doesn't matter what anybody thinks even if everyone hates it that I finished it is enough for me and so I pushed through all of the I thought hey maybe we the let's see how it goes it might be the crappiest novel known to man but it's done <laughs> right but now you see on on the other side now you see that you have to believe in yourself because mm -hmm. you created something that's actually helping people Yes. And I'm shocked by that. Honestly, I'm still because that the, the imposter syndrome is still in there, that that self-doubt is still in there. And it's so to readers, by the way, I mean, if you have an author that books you love, do send them words of encouragement, do send them yes. an email, a message. Yes. You will be shocked and how much that alone will really boost that person's confidence to keep writing, because I know I'm not the only writer that goes through this. Right. Is this book any good? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. No, you you're definitely not. I mean, any content creator, um, words of encouragement help. Um, I know my Black History platform when when people send me a message or give me a call, it those are the things that keep me going. It's the yes. small things that really keep content creators going. Yes, exactly. So you were able to you that was a journey you went through to get the book published. So the book is published. You went through a traditional route. So um, what do you think are your advantages of taking the traditional publishing route? Well, one, since I work full time, it is it is really nice to have um, someone who is working on the promotions of my book more than me. You know, I didn't have to do all that back end work of getting it out to those 30,000 wholesale retailers. Right. They set up my profile on Amazon. Um, you know, they were the ones to create the cover art for me. So I didn't have to worry about designing okay. it myself or hiring a, a graphic designer or anything like that. Uh, they did have an own their own editor. So I got another layer of editing on top of okay. the editors that I paid for. Um, and I don't think I would have been able to push it out as internationally as as they did. And they right. also put it as an e on a, as an ebook for me, which I don't even think I knew how to start that process. So um yeah, that was a big advantage for them to do all that back end work um, for me because I work full time and um, just didn't have as much time on my hands to do a lot of that other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Definitely helps because I'm a I'm a um independent author and yeah, we have yes. everything is on me. If I don't do it, it won't get done. Right. Now, um, a piece of advice I would give to a lot of authors is having a platform helps. Um having a platform that is growing, having a platform that provides um provides people what they need, give people value. That definitely will help book sales. Um, I think I've I've sold more books in 2020 or 2022 than I probably have in any other year just because of the growth mm-hmm. of the platform and things. So being able to constantly grow your platform as an author, as a content creator, just as a as a brand, just continue to grow, continue to go through the growing pains and learn yes. and never, ever, 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 ever give up. Never give yes. up. Yes, exactly. And I'm not close to doing a self-publishing down the road because I do have some other ones. I really thought about it. I will say, I think a big advantage to the self-publishing is I do think you make more income off of your own work because of course, right, my publisher is making a profit off of each sale. And on top of that, I owe them for some of the work that they did, right? So there's a a cost benefit Mm -hmm. part to doing it on your own. I do think you make more for each sale. So yeah yeah but it it, it takes more oh, so no. but yeah. yeah 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 and it's and it's look you have to know you right and you and if you are if you're not honest with yourself either right either route you take it won't help so be honest with yourself correct all right so the title of your book once again is from broken to beautiful a self a self-help guide to heal from broken uh to heal from heartbreak excuse me so yeah. Before we get further into the book, how did you go from broken to beautiful? So my journey, I do chronicle the majority of it in that book, but I will say that that um, the Lord was really my saving grace. So I didn't really know Christ before I got saved, if I'm just going to be honest. My mother is um, Muslim um, and my father is Christian, but they they raised me without a faith. Um, and that was their compromise for them having opposite opposing faiths mm-hmm. that they just wouldn't raise their children with any faith. Um, so my mother, however, still snuck in lessons. Interestingly enough, she would read us the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. so, and that was what I was read when I was a girl, but I was, I was taught that, um, that I was not supposed to consider Jesus, the Lord's son, you know, so that was a kind of Islamic viewpoint. And Mm -hmm. so my mom created this disassociation in me towards Jesus. So like I would always say, you know, so and when I met my ex-husband, he was my first real exposure into Christian faith. And so Mm -hmm. was his family. Um, But they were what I would consider living day Pharisees. If you're familiar with the Pharisees in the Bible, Mm -hmm. just very holy, very religious. Right. But there is no real heart to the Christendom, it's more law, right? And oh my gosh, right. if you don't do right, you know, so we see a lot right. of those folks in the churches, right? Mm-hmm. Living a very private, sinful life, you know, and very judgmental of other people who are trying to get themselves into the, you know, right. into Christ. So I saw God as this thunderbolt lightning man in the sky, ready to just pow, explode right. on everything that I had. And I wasn't even worthy to be in his presence. That was him. Um, but anyways, so I guess after the heartbreak, it forced me to, I lost everything. I felt like mm-hmm. I was 
free falling. If you can imagine an analogy of just someone pulling the rug from under you, I was free falling and I couldn't catch the pieces of my life if I even tried. And I had a very, I'm a very like, I love organization. I love like structure. And I had zero, zero at that time. And yeah. I had to rely then on the Lord completely. I mean, it was like the Lord was like, ha ha, now you just got me, you know, and I'm just like, oh my. So I held on to the Lord and I think I really got a picture of who he was then. Like okay. I, I really grew close to the Lord during those really painful, painful moments. And I got an understanding of who he was that he's more of a loving father and not this lightning bolt God in the sky. And he embraced me with his, you know, under his wing and took me in. And that was honestly the closest I'd say I'd ever gotten to the Lord. Um, Cause the yeah. word does say you're, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And I, I sure, I assure you, I was under his wing. And I think that was what got me through it. I mean, it was very, very painful. I'd never do it again, but that process brought me closer to the Lord than I ever have been. I still sometimes right. try to get back there. I'm like, Lord, you got that wing again? You know, can I kind of yeah. squeeze up under there? You know, but anyways, right. so that's what got me through the heartbreak was getting close to the Lord and then just getting really into his word. I mean, I was like extremely devoted into the word and into, the, into attending um, Bible studies and attending Sunday services and really trying to apply it. And when I really started studying and trying to apply the word, my life just, it just started changing for the better. It wasn't easy, but it, it's right. a strategic effort. And it was a journey. I mean, it wasn't like I went from night to day to like heart, heartbroken to heartbroken list. Like, no, it, it was, it was small daily steps that I took, but it was the Lord and my faith that brought me through the heartbreak. Right. 100%. Right. But I, I like how you, how you made sure you said that you had to apply what was given yes. to you because often I, I see a number of people who believe that you could just say it. Saying it is a part of it because yes, you have to verbalize it, but that's the energy that fuels you to actually do it. You have to actually take those steps. And if you don't actually take those steps, then it's not yes. going to get done. Exactly. It was a journey yeah. for sure. Yes. So, okay. So now we're, now we're in the book. So how, so why did you decide to create a self-help guide? So I think it was a teacher side of me. Well, it was two sides. Um, since the launching of this book, I feel like I felt that the Lord has called me to help women in general with it. So I have a website, um, www.sillalotbooks.com. And that purpose of that website is to encourage, uplift, and inspire women. Um, yeah. The first book is more of the heartbrokenness journey, right? But the I feel like the Lord has called me to be a a spoken figure to women in, in terms of just being able to encourage, uplift, and inspire them in general. So right. um, that first book was for heartbrokenness. Um, my next book I'm writing on right now is about, you know, going from bozos to boazes. So there's a whole journey there that women have to be encouraged to go through. Um, and then my third book, which I haven't started writing, but the Lord put in my heart is about finding joy in singleness. Um, Cause there's a whole, there's a whole audience of women there that, that are struggling to find their joy in their aloneness. So um, the Lord has called me to kind of encourage, uplift and inspire women throughout all, all those processes. Um, so what was your original question? Cause I definitely think I got on a tangent there. <laughs> oh, I'm just uh, why was it? Why did you create a self-help guide? Oh, yes. Yeah. So that was the that was the main intent was to encourage, uplift and inspire women. But then also the teaching side of me um, just can't help myself. I just kind of want to 
you know, and I, and I was thinking of if I was going through it, when I was going through it, I remember wanting a book like, like something like this. I read mm-hmm. Joyce Meyer's, um, I think beauty for ashes, which was the closest I got to kind of encouraging me when I was going through the heartbreak. Um, but I remember, you know, and, and wanting to have read something similar to this when I was going through heartbreak to help me overcome through the word. And so I think that was why I made it kind of a self-help right. guide. Okay. Well, and, and I, and I asked that because a lot of times people will tell their stories, but it's not structured like, like yours is, but, but you, you're a teacher. So you think a bit different. You think more, uh, more on the lines of making sure people kind of can digest the information and be able to use it. So I like that. Yes, exactly. I like that. So, um, I'm looking at your website. And I do like your website. It's simple to the point. Um, I, I also like the cover of your book as well. Thank so, you. So I'm looking at uh, this this page is saying my purpose. And I see encourage, uplift, inspire. Kind of, and, and I know we kind of hit on it, but kind of go further into what what's your definition or what's your clarity or, or your vision of your purpose at this point in your life? Absolutely. Um, so yes, yeah, so it definitely is encourage, uplift, and inspire. Um, I would say that the encourage part is really when the woman is down in the trenches, really when she is kind of, and whatever it is that's causing her to feel that way, every woman's story is different, right? Mm-hmm. So for the heartbreak, you know, I got, I had heartbreak from my ex-husband having an affair and all of that, and then us separating. That was my story. But women can experience heartbreak in any kind of situation. It doesn't even have to be their husband. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be a, sp- a spouse, right? It could be a, a friend, whatever causes the heartbreak, right? So however the woman gets in the trenches, for the second book, you know, it's it's women getting stuck with bozos, right? That's the kind of pain that's involved there and and not being able to, to attract a Boaz. And then the third book is just the pain of loneliness. So what brings a woman to being lonely can be different reasons, right? I mean, some people feel lonely even when they have people around them. So um, the first layer of the purpose is to encourage the woman. So however she got to where she is, the trenches, not as much of a big factor to me as much as up, you know, encouraging her while she's in the situation, giving her a word, using the word of God to remind her that there is hope in her circumstance. Mm-hmm. And then the next layer is to uplift Right. So now that we are giving her the word, now she needs to stand up with what she's been given. Right. So now that's like this kind of postural, you know, even just lifting yourself up a little bit, but a little bit of action. Right. To kind of move forward. And then the inspiration part is really where my testimony is coming in. I'm trying to set that example. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm uh, my personality. I am not afraid to be the first person to do something. I'm just I've always been that way. I feel like the Lord always puts me in a situation where. I don't know what it is. I'm like, Lord, nobody else has thought to do this before. You know, I'm always like, I'm waiting for the day where I don't have to be the first one. Um, but, right. you know, I think the Lord does it on purpose. So uh, the inspire part is where I am trying to demonstrate to them how they can uplift themselves and move forward mm-hmm. with my testimony. Now, again, I understand every woman's situation is unique. I'm learning that as I'm writing that even though my journey was my journey, not not every woman is going to have the same exact journey and she may take parts of my journey, but not necessarily the whole part, the whole thing to help her. Right. And that's okay. Right. Even if chapter seven and 10 are really what was it for you and my whole work, that's fine for me. As long as there's something that you felt 
helped you lift yourself up and move forward. So exactly. that's kind of the encourage, uplift, inspire is giving her the word, helping her lift herself up after it, right? Seeing herself in a new light, the way the Lord made her. And then demonstrating that myself through my own experience, my own testimony that so sometimes I feel like it's easier to listen or learn from someone who knows exactly what you're going through. Right. Because it's one thing to hear someone who's never been through it to tell you that you should do X, Y, Z. And it's another thing for someone who has been through it to help encourage you that, look, I was where you are, but the Lord has brought me this far. He can bring you too. Right. So. Right. Kind of okay. The- so um, one thing I also like is how you have, have it laid out about what, people will learn from the book um, and and the bullet points that you have. And one of them is saying how to love yourself again so that you can be happy alone. And you mentioned that earlier is teaching, teaching people or helping people even be able to go get that information to, to help them be happy alone. Why is it important for people to learn to be happy alone? Yes. So that's one. And that's, that's a theme that keeps emerging in a lot of my works. Um, so the, the second, I th- actually, I think it's going to show up in all three. Um, I feel like when you are happy with yourself, when you truly love yourself, you're less inclined to, to be unhappy. I feel like the majority of us who spend our time looking for things to make us happy, the reason is because we are not happy truly with ourselves. Um, you know, we're constantly seeking material things. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest, drugs, sex, alcohol, money, um, whatever it is, you know, people are constantly looking for that just to feel alive or just to feel okay, or just to Uh feel happy. And I I feel like a lot of that is stemming from a lack of, of being happy with yourself. Um, and I know for myself that when I, when I got you know, heartbroken when I, when my uh, husband and I were, were getting divorced, I, I forgot what made me happy. Um, Cause I was a very happy young woman when he first met me. I, you know, I'd never been in a serious relationship before, but I'd been very blessed to have a pretty stable household. And I was very focused in my studies. And I, you know, I was just, I didn't realize how happy of a young woman I was until all this went down. And then I was seek, I was like, wow, why can't I be alone? Right. Mm-hmm. What is it about myself that I can't be happy by myself? Why do I need someone else to fill this void? Right. What is it inside of me that is missing? And so I think self-love is is so important just because, you know, that we, so that you're not filling it with something else. Cause the Lord right. is really, you know, we've, he's given us everything that we need, right. We're everything that we need is provided for us. Um, And I think sometimes it stems from a focus issue too. We're looking to the wrong things to get that gratification. We're looking at other things to make us happy instead of really looking inward at ourselves and what it is inside of us that's keeping us from loving ourselves. Mm -hmm. Why, what is it about you that you you're so unhappy with? Right. And it's okay to go through that heart work. It's okay to go through that, that sometimes it's pain, that's preventing you from wanting to do the inside work, right? Sometimes it's fear, but whatever it is, I assure you, if you take time on yourself to really like reflect on yourself and get to figure out what you love, then you can fall in love with yourself. And, you know, right. I think really any healthy relationship should start with a bit of your own self-love before you shouldn't look for others to make you happy, to fix you. You should already be satisfied with yourself and just yes. bite into that, that equation. Yes. Yeah. I always say happiness is an inside job. 
Yes. Exactly. It starts with you. Um, and I also follow that up with saying you can't give what you don't have. That's good. Yeah. Um, because I, I know in the especially in the relationship space, I see a lot of people trying to be something that the person they want to be with wants, but that's not who you are. And and when you are when I see people trying to go outside of their character to become something that they're not for somebody else. I see that can put a strain on their happiness and not saying that's what you did, but just those are just right. things that I've seen as an example of why I really believe that happiness is an inside job. Like you, you really have to work on yourself and be happy with yourself and what you bring to the world. And if you're not happy with yourself, then that means you got a lot of work to do. Sure is. So, yes. Yeah. So that's with that journey. being said, yeah. right, it is a journey. So, yeah. Do you believe that you need to have self-love in order to have a healthy relationship? I do think so. I think it's it's essential to have to have your own self-love in order to be in a healthy relationship. Now, can you be in a relationship without self-love? Of course. Um, yeah. But is it is it healthy? Is it a setting yourself up for a good, six, long-term, successful relationship? Maybe not. Um, I think there's risks involved when you look to another partner to give you that that self that gratification that that you you know to make you feel to fill a void because truly what I've learned from a lot of women especially those who entertain bozos is half of it is just to distract themselves from their own loneliness um, it's to get attention and to get that guy to validate her self-worth because she doesn't see it in herself. And uh -huh. so she needs to hear the words of affirmation or she needs the physical touch of the intimacy to prove to her that she is attractive or that she is worthwhile and that, you know, and so these women, they will settle for these guys who will give them those things and lower their standards because the guys will have, right. They won't give her everything she wants, but because she's fearful of what happens if he leaves altogether, She's willing to compromise her own values just to keep him around so that she won't go through the necessary hard work that she has to do to be alone and on her own to, to really love herself. So right. I do think it's essential to have to have self-love if you want to set yourself up for a healthy long-term relationship. Right. No, that that is. I, I, I truly believe what you said. That is true. Um seeing it from a man's perspective as well because i see i see i see the things these guys be doing guys i see y'all too all right <laughs> so we're not just gonna act like this is just women because it's yeah. individuals but you are giving it from a woman's perspective yeah so so that woman that woman who is dealing with the bozo she's she's choosing the bozos if she comes across your book how does your book help that woman be able to see something different with, within herself how does your book help that woman heal herself and be able to, to go from the bozos to the Boazes. Yeah. So there's four parts to my, my second book from Bozo to Boaz. The first part is why are you attracting bozos, right? So there's several different reasons that a woman could attract a bozo. And I put it very explicitly in chapters so she can read whichever one she thinks apply to her, right? For why she may be attracting a bozo. The second part of the book, section two, is how to move past the bozo, Right. So now that you've identified what it is about yourself that's inviting the bozo into your life, how do you move past the bozo? Uh, the part three is how do you then attract a Boaz? Right. So we move from we've, we've identified why you're attracting a bozo, how to move past the bozo. 
Now, how can you attract a Boaz? And the last part is how to keep the Boaz, because it's one thing to attract him into your life. It's another thing to keep him there. Right. <laughs> so there's four parts to that to that book that I'm I'm okay. outlining for the woman to help her through that journey. Okay. Okay. And now, you know, going into this relationship space, um, this relationship space is it's an interesting space, um, especially like from what I've seen on YouTube, being able to go and uh, being able to see the information that people are giving from their various perspectives. Some people who are who are healed, some people who are not healed, some people who are in the middle, still working on being healed, people looking from the outside in. So from um, your from all of your books, but from um, from broken to beautiful to the bozo to Boaz, and what was the name of your um, your third book? The third one doesn't have a title yet, okay. but I'm something along finding joy and singleness, something okay. along those lines. Yeah. But but your books are also coming from a a faith perspective, a Christian faith perspective. So how how do you believe your message stands apart from a um, from the sea of people who are saying? I'm a relationship expert. I'm not saying that you are saying this, but you have all these people in the spaces from the relationship experts to the relationship amateurs to just everybody about relationships. How does your relation, how does your information kind of stand apart for people who are looking for true healing? Absolutely. Well, my my work is entirely Lord motivated, right? None of this, I'll just be completely honest. None of this is something I went out in my life to try to do and try to write and try to seek. I'm a very... I don't, I'm a, I'm a bit of an introvert. I'm a social introvert, but, but there isn't a part of me that is out there to try to make a name for myself, to try to build a reputation for myself. I'm being completely honest. I will be a happy camper. If the Lord just says, Scylla, just hang out in your room, go socialize with two people outside and call it a day. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I just wanted to be very clear that all of this work I am doing, I truly am doing because I believe the Lord has called me to do it. And he's called an audience for me to write for, um, cause it takes work. You know, I'm a, I'm a PhD student. I'm a single mom. I'm a full-time employee. I'm involved in my church. I mean, between those things alone, my schedule is pretty busy. So for me to make the time to write this work, it's because I really have a heart to help the women. Uh, and I say women, but truly, I'm, I'm reconsidering if I should open it up to just the heartbroken or the single, right? Because men can be alone, too. I, I acknowledge that. I just can't speak from a male's perspective because I am right. a woman. Um, right. But that said, my, that's, I think that alone separates me from some of the others out there that I wasn't trying to be on this podium. I wasn't trying to be on this pedestal. I think the Lord called me into it, and I'm just obeying the call. Right. Whereas some of some of the other folks are just I think they've intentionally made a decision that they want to be on that spoken platform, which is mm -hmm. fine. Not discrediting it by any means. I just think that's one way that I'm different because I do think the Lord has called me into the work, um, you know, and then I also have this very teaching like personality that mm -hmm. it just not something that I'm trying to do. It just comes out of me like I am. A, there's a very creative side to me that I haven't really tapped into yet. I do plan to. Um, my pastor did prophesy that I'd probably do well to do plays and things of that nature, writing dialogue. Um, I know I've written some poetry. I've never even gotten close to publishing that poetry, but one day I'll tap into like the coffee shop version of myself. Right. Mm -hmm. But that that's the spoken word version of myself. But right now this, the, the version the Lord wants me to occupy my time with is, is these writing these self-help guides and these instructional works for women to encourage them. 
and help them apply practical strategies into their lives. I think that's another thing I have is I try to give very practical advice for things to do. Like one of the first things in my heartbreak book that I told the women that I did in my personal journey was to change what I exposed myself to. I'm talking about music. I'm talking about TV. I'm talking about people. I'm talking about social media, all of it. I had to do a a very deep um, cleanse of all of that stuff so that I wasn't triggered, but then even more so so that I was encouraged constantly by what I saw in my feed, by what I watched on the TV, by what I listened to. The worship music by itself, oh my God, that alone was a game changer. I was so, I was just so encouraged and positive just by the music I listened to. Um, So, you know, it's practical things like that, I think would help also make my work stand out from Yes. What you traditionally see. Now it's it's interesting that you you said that because I was going my next question is is an advice question. But before I ask it though, um you're absolutely correct about changing your environment and the information that you take in. Cause uh the way I say it is you are what you eat, but I say that in whatever you intake into your being, that is gonna help shape and mold you. Um a lot of the uh I had to purge myself from a lot of the relationship information I was watching because I, I was starting to get a mindset of, dang, every woman is crazy. But then I had to, <laughs> you know, but that's what I see. That's what I'm seeing. I'm watching YouTube or seeing things on Instagram because we're constantly seeing these things. But then when I go into the real world, I'm not seeing as it's not, I'm not being bombarded by this in the real world like I am on social media. So it was a conscious effort. Okay. I need to cut back on some of this stuff. And matter of fact, let me not just listen to none of this stuff. But then also think about it. Think about our favorite R&B songs growing up. A lot of them were about unhealthy relationships. Sure were. Our favorite movies, a lot of them were about unhealthy relationships. Our favorite stories and things. Unhealthy relationships and drama and the bad boy, dating the bad boy, dating the bad girl. Those things have been romanticized especially in our community oh, for, for years. And now we're looking at the state of our community as far as relationships. And we're like, well, look what we've been indulging in. So mm-hmm. You're speaking the truth. Oh, my gosh. When I was going through the heartbreak, I remember there was a show on HBO called The Affair. Right. And I could my parents thought it was the appropriate time for them to get involved in that show. And I'm because I moved in with them and I was like, for real, y'all, for real. Right. Like, you don't think right. this is a trigger show for me right now? Um, I can tell you they did a good job on the scoring women's behalf. But anyways, uh, so then I remember going on Facebook even, and there was a game that was like a, it was an innocent little bingo game, right? A little bingo game. But the characters were some woman that was having an affair with a dude and they were just making that part of the game. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, so we making this just normal now? Well, this just, 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 just life. I mean, you know, it was, I was, and then I I remember listening to a song. um, This is a little further in my, my healing journey. But I remember listening to a song. I can't even remember what it was called. And the guy was more or less like, you know, and I love her because she's worth it. And then I was sitting there thinking, like, that sounds innocent. But I'm like, but what if she wasn't worth it? So you ain't going to love her. You know, like, I'm just sitting here, like, really internalizing because I'm trying to strive towards unconditional love. Right. Which I think we all are supposed to strive towards. It's how Jesus loves us. But um, it's a hard task to ask because that's unconditional means upon no condition 
Right. And we most let's just be real. Majority of relationships and people love each other conditions. on conditions. Yep. So yep. when people break those conditions, they don't love them anymore. But then right. I call that into question: Did you really love the person then? Because if it was just the conditions and they didn't, you know, if you really, truly love a person, you would love them in their darkest. You would love them in their messiest. Right. That's true love. That's unconditional love. The way the Lord loves us, how we're supposed to be loved, call each other, you know, to love one another. It's not easy. Uh Few people I feel like have really arrived there, but, but that's what we're supposed to go to. So I heard that one song and I remember being like, but well, what does she, what does she know? What does she want? Why am I worth it? You know, and it was just one song example, but you know, I really had to start thinking about what I was listening to and internalizing, even that I didn't realize. Cause it, it's a part of the, even the sad, you know, Ooh, the rhythm and blues. Mm, yeah. It feels so good. But then you're sitting here crying in your room, wondering why you yeah. so sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That music yeah. is depressing. <laughs> it is. It is. It yeah. is. Um, so what advice would you give to let's say your 20 year old self mm-hmm. you you've gone through everything that you've gone through in life you've well let me restate that you've grown through everything in life you're at this point where you are now you've been able to heal yourself grow uh, accomplish certain things and you get a chance to talk to your 20 year old self what type of advice would you give your 20 year old self to help her make sure she's the healthiest version of herself? It's a great, great question. Um, One, I would tell her to be patient. My God, if I had to choke hold myself, I'm just kidding. But um, just to be patient, um, two, to trust the Lord that he knows what he's doing. Um, Even when you don't see how he's working it in your favor or in your good, he is. Right. I think those are the two biggest things. Be patient, trust in the Lord um, and then love yourself. I like truly love yourself um, and stop being so hard on yourself. Right. Stop being so hard on yourself. Um, don't beat yourself up. The Lord isn't even as hard on you as you are on yourself. And the Lord loves you for who you are, not what you do. Um, cause I think I truly internalized, um, and, and my parents didn't intend this, but I do think I got the majority of my words of affirmation and my affection from good works. So I became this girl that worked extremely hard and everything to get words of affirmation and praise gotcha. and, and not just from mom and dad, but from everybody. Right. And when I, whenever things didn't go well, I used to internalize that as I didn't do enough. I wasn't good enough. Um, and so I had to convince that 20 year old self to believe that and to know that she is good enough, just how she is. Right. She doesn't have to do anything to be worth it. She is worth it just for who she is. So I had to tell myself, you know, you don't need to worry about having to be perfect either for anybody. Right. You are right. already perfect the way God made you. So I'd had to I'd tell my 20 year old self all of that stuff. <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's yeah. that's amazing. Um, because growth is important. Growth is is what is what needs to happen. Now, it does. Everybody doesn't grow. Um, everybody doesn't grow the same. Everybody's not going to grow at the same rate. Some people, some people choose not to. But it's something that I believe that if you embrace and you go through it, and you you are getting better from your from these journeys then life is going to be so beautiful for you. Like people don't understand, in my opinion, the the fruits that life has to offer, especially when you put in the work 
to make it happen. So. Exactly. And that's part of the book from Broken to Beautiful. That that part go. of the arrival, the second part of the journey is it can be a beautiful thing if you make it. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So how can people get in contact with you? Um, what's what what's your website again? Social media handles, email, what what are ways uh people can contact you if they want to reach out to you, learn more about you, have you come out speak, want to get a book or something? Sure. Um, so I do have my website. It's www.sillalot, that's S-I-L-A-L-O-T-T, books.com. Um, and there is a contact part on there, so you can message me there, and it'll go directly to my email. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook. I have an inspirational Facebook page. It should say Lot author right now, um, but it's www.facebook.com slash inspirations. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sillalot Books. Um, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Sillalot Author. Um, and I and reach out to me in any of those. I'm also on Amazon. You can follow me there. Um, you can follow my profile. So I'm in a few places, um, but I'd be more than glad to respond from anywhere. Or you can follow my traditional Facebook Sillalot. I usually accept requests. Um, or you can even just follow me, you know, follow me as opposed to actually being a friend. If it's I do a lot of my inspirational posts public. So, um, you know, any of those avenues, you can direct message me, whatever, whatever you need. And I'll be more than glad to, to try to help. Cool. From author to author, congratulations on your whole journey, everything that you've gone through, everything that you've grown through. And to see you now, to see where you are at this point, um, see that smile on your face. Um, You've accomplished many things and you have many more things left to accomplish. Um, definitely looking forward to from Bozo to Boaz. Definitely. You. So, you know, when that book comes out, you already know you're coming back here. <laughs> so go ahead Thank and you. pin that. Coming okay. back here. Um, because one of the things is want to make sure we use our platform to help um, other people, but especially authors. That's why we created this from the beginning. Um, as two people who are authors who not many people had invited us on their platform. So we're like, we're going to do right. what others are not doing. So you definitely have a seat on this train. So um, and I, I definitely enjoyed this conversation. I wish you much luck on your journey. And I see great things for you. So keep doing thank what you, you. I appreciate no the platform and the opportunity. And um, thank you for having me. Uh, no problem. No problem. So my, my Freedom Train family, make sure you support. Make sure you don't don't trip. Make sure you support, do what you always do. And I do want to say shout out to my Freedom Train family because um, you guys have helped past guests uh, get opportunities and some of you have offered past guests opportunities. So thank you to all our viewers and all our supporters, whether you're on YouTube or even our traditional podcast platform. So all of our uh, all of our audio listeners, we, we love you all because you all have been sticking with us from day one, but all of our YouTube people, we love you all too. So with that being said, I'm Joseph Ward. She's still a lot, and we are out. See y'all next time.